0: So, who here has ever struggled with getting older, either mentally, physically, or spiritually? Raise your hand, and maybe we should all go onto gallery view for a moment and take a look and see how many hands are up there. Oh, good, I'm so glad I'm not alone. <laughs> look, none of us are alone in this struggle. Isn't that great to see? I know I've struggled with it and as time marches on, skin begins to sag and hair greys and wrinkles are no longer reversible and parts of my body just don't work quite like they used to. And I confess, I've sometimes felt depressed and uncomfortable about that gradual decline. I wonder if anyone of you has ever felt similarly. Seeing some nods, so yes many of us don't talk about our age because we fear that we're going to be subjected to ageism and stereotyping and the messages we get from society from a very young age about aging are mostly demeaning defeatist and frankly depressing people find it harder to get hired as they age despite their greater experience and ageism is rife throughout society American society pushes elders aside, writing them off as unwanted examples of decline, disease, and despair. So we might feel shame around losing value as we age, or we might fear becoming irrelevant. Older friends have shared with me that they often feel invisible, ignored, and not taken seriously. Their aging bodies are viewed with pity and feel like a liability. Their life experience is overlooked and all they've learned in life seems to count for little in this society that worships youth. Many feel they have to fight to stay looking young at all costs to be taken seriously. And this repudiation of aging feeds ageism. Like most isms, we need to become aware of it to do something about it. In American and Northern European culture, youth is idolized. and Hollywood and our media reinforce this, recent research shows that only 12% of speaking characters in shows are over 60 years old, and many of them are portrayed as impaired. In Hollywood, older women often aren't considered fit subjects for movie leads, with few exceptions. We denigrate ageing as a society. In fact, I think it's ironic that we often treat our elderly pets with more love and respect than we do our human elders. Women particularly experience the double isms of ageism and sexism. As a woman, aging is particularly challenging. You're expected to be beautiful, sexy, have no loose skin, no wrinkles, and certainly no gray hair, and continue to look youthful into your late 80s. Am I right, ladies? Our society values young, nubile women more. And sadly, one of the greatest victories for many of us is to be told you look so much younger than your age. But this is ageism. Getting older is natural. Looking your age is normal. We're all journeying through the inevitable cycle of birth and death. Many women contort themselves to avoid aging, getting plastic surgery, dyeing their hair, and using a myriad of anti aging products to try and stem the inevitable appearance of age. And then ageism contributes to many women feeling bad about themselves as they get older. It tells us we're less worthy human beings as our youth fades. I confess I've been struggling with this as I look in the mirror and face the reality of aging and see more and more wrinkles each day. But what I didn't realize is that my discomfort is also coming from my own internal ageism that has been implanted by society from a very young age. Now men, too, are expected to have strong toned bodies and emanate a powerful warrior demeanor, though our culture does seem to allow men to go grey and age and still be considered valuable and respected, as long as they seem powerful in some way. No wonder growing old is not for the faint of heart, particularly in white Western culture. No wonder we work so hard to try and delay the outer signs of aging. Not surprisingly, the US has the highest suicide rate among elders. In fact, psychologists who are experts on aging are finding that fear of aging and memory loss creates exactly what we fear. According to one study, people who held negative views about aging lived on average seven and a half years less than their peers with more positive views. That's a huge difference. But in a society that makes us feel less than as we age, how do we reclaim our own sense of worth to be able to enjoy our elder years with pride and with joy? Ashton Applewhite, in her TED talk called Let's End Ageism, reminds us not to demean ourselves for aging. Don't blame temporary memory lapses on senior moments, she insists. We don't call losing our car keys when we're in high school a junior moment. She tells us that it's high time to ditch the old young binary. Having a clear sense of purpose in life and not subjecting ourselves to our own negative messages about aging helps us stay young and vital in spirit. Longevity is actually a hallmark of human progress. So let's celebrate and be proud of this achievement. As the boomer generation ages, We're gonna have more and more elderly folks, so it's time to dismantle the bias of ageism. Are you with me? The World Health Organization is developing a global anti-ageism initiative to improve both health and lifespan. Ageism is a global human rights issue, Applewhite warns, as everyone everywhere is either old or will grow old. You can see her TED talk at this link we're gonna put in the chat. And don't go there now, but but for later, save it for later. (laughs) Ageism, my friends, is also a justice issue. It's an ism that I hadn't thought much about until writing this sermon, but now i realize I'm totally complicit in it, mostly towards myself. In the same way we talk about white supremacy culture being part of the water that we swim in, infusing every thread of the fabric of our society, ageism is everywhere too particularly in white American society. Yet it's something most of us aren't consciously aware of. We're all afraid of dying, so our society works to deny this reality that comes to us all in the end. Maybe if we pretend that death doesn't exist, if we try to prevent aging, or imagine it just happens to other people, then it won't get us. Chalice's mission as you know, is to nurture spiritually courageous people who transform the world through justice and compassion. And here is another area where we can lead in transforming our culture. We can work together to uproot ageism, to reframe aging. Are you game? San Francisco has a Reframing Aging campaign with a website called EndAgeism.com and they tell us that the many ways we might inadvertently contribute to ageism through phrases like, I'm having a senior moment, or these wrinkles and grey hairs have got to go, or I'm too old to try that, or you look good for your age, or it's time to put her or him out to pasture. Or those are just aches and pains from old age. Or, sweetie, you don't look a day over 29. Have any of you ever heard any of those things or said those things? I know that I have. If we honoured our elders, showed them more often in a good light in TV and movies, celebrated them through rites of passage and venerated them in our families, then ageing would no longer be so scary for most of us. There are many rites of passage that mark the earlier parts of our lives around birth and graduation, entering adulthood, getting married, and having children. But then the celebrations of life tend to end until we die. So what if we were to honor our elders and celebrate stepping into our wisdom years? Have midlife, retirement, and eldering rituals? What if we were to create a new model of beauty that's about seeing a life well-lived in a face? Reza Albaher writes in an article on rewiring your thoughts about aging, just as we appreciate an aged wine or the rich reds and golds of autumn leaves, let's appreciate the deeper beauty of a face carved with wrinkles that is like our map of experience. Akin to a tree trunk with its many rings that show how many years the tree has lived. My friends, what if we were intrigued by the stories of those wrinkles and age spots? What if we were to seek elders out as pillars of insight and experience the way we do in this community, as well as in some cultures around the world? What if we were to expect older folk to be more interesting and valuable thanks to making it through so many of life's trials? Then aging might not feel like such an unwelcome thing. Other societies honor their elders. People get to look forward to growing old and rising in status. Greek culture, for example, honors old age. They respect and celebrate elders as vital members of the family. Native American cultures revere elders for their wisdom and experience. They carry family stories and lessons to pass on to younger generations. We also see many African American and Mexican families honoring and respecting their elders. Koreans and Chinese venerate their elders through the Confucian principle of filial piety, respecting one's parents. Children have a duty to care for and show deference to their aging parents. 60th and 70th birthdays are marked with huge celebrations as a passageway into elderhood. And it's frowned upon to put your parents in a nursing home rather than care for them yourselves. Elders are also respected in India. Many families live in joint family units and grandparents are sought out for wisdom and advice. We are being shortchanged in this society The late psychoanalyst Eric Erickson said, Lacking a culturally viable ideal of old age, our civilization does not really harbor a concept of the whole of life. Now, sadly, many do not choose to incorporate life's lessons into their aging to become more whole human beings. Some of us allow our hearts to harden as we age. We allow our bodies and minds to get neglected and give up our vision for our lives. We allow ourselves to become rigid and resistant to change. We lose our imagination and desire for life. We might feel overwhelmed by the many challenges we face and descend into depression and despair. It's easy to do. But if we are to reverse society's prejudices, life beckons us to live a more inspiring vision of eldering. So for those of us who are older, how do we embrace the concept of a whole life so that we can step joyfully into the title of elder? Can we develop gratitude for how long we've lived and what we've learned in life? Can we lose our shame around aging? How do we transform society's shallow paradigm? What if, rather than fighting aging, we were to embrace it, find pride in it and gratitude for our wisdom years? A friend of ours who recently turned 60 told us he decided not to feel bad about turning 60. Instead, he celebrated that he's made it this far alive, healthy and contented. So many people don't get the opportunity to live this long. And those of you who've dealt with life-threatening illnesses know the blessing of aging. You get to revel in the gift of having a longer life. So how do we delight in that gift? How do we feel empowered by aging and be proud of who we are and what we've learned? Certainly, we need to stop focusing on mental and physical decline. What if we don't blame that knee pain on age but simply on what's going on in our body now. In my household, we experienced two knee surgeries in the past year, one with my husband and one with our 17-year-old son. Both had a long recovery and are dealing with ongoing intermittent knee pain. It has less to do with age than with comparing and shaming ourselves as we get older. Of course, We want to keep nourishing ourselves with healthy living habits as we age, keep moving and eating nourishing foods. But equally as important as we age is to continue seeking opportunities to grow, to learn and develop new passions. Keep our brains engaged and be positive about life. Continue involving spiritually and emotionally so that we can find new ways to serve the world. And though our bodies transform, our spirit doesn't have to age. I bet if I talked and asked most of you, most of us would say we still feel like we're 20 or 30 in our spirits, right? They don't age. An article called Learning to Love Growing Old in Psychology Today shares, so long as we lock ourselves into an obsession with youth culture, We can only develop age rage and dehumanize ourselves, according to feminist Betty Friedan. Those who give up their denial of age, who age consciously, grow and become aware of new capacities they develop while aging. They become more authentically themselves. Isn't that exciting? to become more authentically ourselves as we age, because if this one life is all that we have, then surely that's one of our purposes here on the planet, to be fully authentically who we are. When we begin to know and value ourselves more intimately as we age, our wisdom, our authenticity, our resilience and courage will shine through will be beacons for those seeking a life of meaning and purpose. The second half of life is also a time to move from ambition and achievement as our driver towards finding meaning and fulfillment. Now this transition may require a descent into the unknown, into pain and struggle into the darkness before we emerge into our new light. It may take wrestling with who we are or what our life is about before we can arise more hopeful, wise, and spiritually mature. And it may involve letting go of old ways of being. And then as we emerge, we find a new balance between our external quantitative experiences and our internal qualitative lives. We often emerge wiser and more courageous. The anthropologist and educator Angelus Arian has written a beautiful spiritual book called The Second Half of Life. And in its foreword, the poet John O'Donohue calls it a luminous, penetrating book for dark times. He believes if people read this book, work with it and implement its ideas, we would see a huge cultural shift around aging. Arian says that over the age of 50, we cross thresholds that require different skills than those we learned when we were younger. She claims the second half of life ushers in the ultimate initiation. We need to navigate retirement, cope with the natural challenges of maintaining the health of an aging body, and confront mortality. To navigate this terrain, we're going to require courage, strength, and insight. We will need to develop our inner lives and learn more about love, service, balance, and creativity. She suggests we can develop increased depth, integrity, and character as we age. Or not. The choice is ours. Arian offers us a beautiful roadmap for stepping into wise elderhood through a series of eight Gates of wisdom and initiation, as she calls them. And I'm going to share these gates with you. The first gate is the silver gate, and it challenges us to constantly invite new experiences into our lives. The next, the white picket gate, asks us to reflect on the roles that we've played earlier in life and to learn to assume the new role of elder. The third gate, the clay gate, urges us to care for and enjoy our bodies, even as we come to terms with their limitations. At the black and white gate, we learn to deepen our relationships in more intimate and mature ways. The fifth rustic gate encourages us to use our creativity to enhance our lives, contribute to communities and leave some kind of a lasting legacy. The next is the Bone Gate, where we develop the courage to be authentically ourselves in the world. The seventh gate, the Natural Gate, calls us to replenish our souls in silence and in nature and to take time for reflection. And finally, when we reach the Gold Gate, we actively engage in practices of non-attachment and prepare for passing from this world. Impermanence, my friends, is one of the cornerstones of Buddhist teachings and practice. Realizing that we're here for a short time only, not attaching to life, knowing that everything changes and being able to let go bit by bit are key spiritual lessons. With each gate, Aryan offers us gifts reflections, and practices to deepen our understanding of this threshold, and I highly recommend this as a book study and as a spiritual practice for some of our smaller groups. I found great comfort and growth in its life-enhancing practices. It turns aging into a beautiful, enriching spiritual rite of passage. So my friends, as we often do at Chalice, I invite us to practice being counter Rather than focusing on the ills of aging, let's turn our attention to the gifts of aging. What if getting older marked the best years of our lives in which we feel most content, authentic, and whole? Research actually shows that old age is a time of greatest happiness, like youth. There's a C-curve of happiness with the highest rates near the beginning and end of life. So I wanna invite us to take a moment to talk to one another and share the blessings we have found in aging. In fact, let's open our chat and I invite you to share in the chat some of the gifts that you have discovered in aging and I'm gonna read them out. Great, thanks for opening the chat, Sue. I know that there's freedom to be more of who you are. People have shared that with me. There's wisdom and insight about how to deal with life. There's the gift of having a long life. Let's share some more. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Mentoring young people, yes, Tom. And David Grenda writes, comfort in my own skin, absolutely. And Pamela Matthews says, being with people you want to be with. Joanne Van Rienen says, serenity. Nancy and Don say freedom from work. Todd and Lorella say grandchildren, yes. Renee Hook says, I admire people with smile wrinkles. You can tell they've smiled a lot in their lives, yes. Mark Griset says, less time spent in the office. Amy says, not being afraid. Barbara Green says, gratitude for small things. Gordon and Barbara says, appreciation of special moments. Ryan Fernal oh, Chuck Fresnel says, playing tennis with my son. Um, Katie Morgan says, having adult children as friends. Charmian says, being whimsical, not serious, and it's okay. Pamela writes, not coloring my hair. Barbara Jimerson says, doing what I want to do when I want to do it. Absolutely, Barbara. Sherry Hansen says, less stress, more free time. David Grenda, learning new things. Delve, slowing down and appreciating more. Tom Wolfe, more time in peaceful nature. Ed Lathrop, aging is really a blessing. Yes. Matt Chappa, cool hair. Oh yeah, Matt, give us a twirl of your long, beautiful hair. April Fresnel says, more patience for those with other others, other opinions. Delicia says, enjoying the sun even if it gives you wrinkles. And Thelma Williams, continuing to be physically active and volunteering. Wow, what a lot of beautiful wisdom. I invite you at the end to share the to, to um, save the chat so that you can save some of these great thoughts So here's some more Merlin says not sweating the small stuff. Note it's all small stuff. Absolutely Merlin. Del says, can you repeat the title of the book you mentioned? Yes. It's called the second half of life. I think I'll need to look back and get, make sure that it's the right title, but Angelus Arian, the second half of life. And um, Katie says pickleball and hiking any day I, I want. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Pamela. It is the second half of life. And Susan says, feeling silly and joyful with grandchildren. Indeed. So many wonderful things. Thank you all for sharing your wisdom. So I ask you, my friends, having read all of that and thinking about it, can you be proud and grateful for who you are now, whatever age you are? And if not, why not? What do you need to tweak to feel good about yourself at any age? And I'm not talking about tweaking a muscle. So how do we move from internal ageism to loving ourselves? Tell ourselves we are beautiful at any age, no matter what's going on with our bodies, despite what society tells us. We just sang, how could anyone ever tell you that you're anything less than beautiful? And that begins within. My beloveds, may we live radiant, curious and engaged lives until the end. May we embrace aging and love ourselves and one another even more deeply in this stage of life. And may we support one another in reframing aging and ending ageism. May it be so.